Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. I'd like to propose a toast to Charlie for being my lucky charm. Women call him. You're that Charlie? Or Charlie. Good luck, Chuck. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're a lucky charm. You have sex with someone and then they find their true love. Isn't that how it works? Has everybody lost their minds? That's ridiculous. I guess you are a lucky charm. Do you want to have sex before or after dinner? Actually, I have dinner plans. Buddy, you got the ticket to the big show. You have 108 messages. Yeah, I don't do that with men. This is Molly. Jenny. Danielle. Stacy. Bob. Just hear me out. But now... I'm Kim. I'm Charlie. I... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes! Fess up about this charm. It's quite a scam you got going. No, it's not me. People will believe whatever they want to believe. What seems like a blessing... Kim's the one man. What makes you think I'll be kissing you, huh? Oh. All right. Oh. Feels like a curse. If you sleep with her, she's gonna marry the next guy she dates. Hey, that's not true. I started calling all your exes. They're married. It's real. I really hate you. I gotta go. You look great. I had a good time. I gotta go. To get the girl of his dreams, Chuck will do anything. I've gotta put the curse to the test. With anyone. Eleanor Skeppel. This chick ain't never getting married. I actually thought that maybe we could get physical. I'm gonna ride you till you die. This summer, ah! true love. Yeah? Not now. Where do I get this? Ah! Has never been so hard. Come over. I want to. I just don't think that we should. Does your phone receive pictures? Dane Cook, Jessica Alba. Good luck, Chuck. What's sex without love? Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Good Luck Chuck from 2007. The studio was Lionsgate. The release date was September 21st, 2007. The running time, 99 minutes, and it was rated R. The budget, $25 million. The box office took in $35 million. That was in the United States, making it the 78th ranked movie of 2007. It also made an extra $25 million internationally. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 5% rotten from 117 reviews. This might be the lowest percentage in my collection. And their consensus is a shortage of laughs and an undercurrent of mean-spiritedness undermine good luck Chuck, squandering a decent premise on gross-out humor and shop-worn slapstick. Roger Ebert at the time, no surprise, one out of four stars. Here's his abbreviated review. Here is the dirty movie of the year, slimy and scummy, and among its casualties is poor Jessica Alba, who is a cutie and shouldn't have been let out to play with these boys. Good luck, Chuck, layers a creaky plot device on top of countless excuses to show breasts, sometimes three at a time, and his potty mouth and brain damaged. It stars the potentially likable Dane Cook as the lovelorn Charlie Logan, leading me to wonder why, in the same week when Michael Douglas plays a flywheel named Charlie, 
That name seems to fit so well with characters who are two slices short of a pizza. And then I cut out all the plot points. That's my job. And it ends with, The startling thing about this movie is how juvenile it is. There is a word for this movie, and that word is ick. <laughs> That's the end of the review. And uh, we talked to Lindsay at the end of this episode, and I think she read Roger Ebert's review <laughs> before she saw the film. Well, actually, she didn't, but afterwards, she wished she had. So we'll, we'll, find, we'll get there, folks. All right, look, one of the things I enjoy about my DVD collection, it's far from predictable. You might get quote-unquote classics, but then again, you might get good luck, Chuck. The fact that almost no legitimate critic, and I use legitimate in quotes, enjoyed this film, well, that doesn't bother me in the least. The criteria for ending up in my DVD collection could be a certain mood I was in when I bought the film, or maybe it was super inexpensive. But really, 95% of the time, it's because I found the movie entertaining at some point, regardless of how the film viewing elite feel. You know, how boring would it be to only watch films and own films that are just Oscar-nominated or critically acclaimed? That would be like a self-induced depression for me. So whether or not you enjoy juvenile films, I'll take entertainment like this, even though it's not great, over the films you're supposed to like in order to give you credibility. I'll do that any day. Okay, let's get into the main cast. You have Dane Cook, who plays Charlie. So in the mid-2000s, Dane Cook was one of the most popular stand-up comedians in the business. And then, of course, Hollywood tried to jump on the gravy chain by putting him in a bunch of comedies. He had a really funny cameo as a fry cook in the Ryan Reynolds comedy Waiting in 2005. But his first starring role was in Employee of the Month in 2007 with Jessica Simpson and Dax Shepard. He then had another key role in a well-done thriller named Mr. Brooks with Kevin Costner. This was before Good Luck Chuck. Now, the interesting part about stand-up comedians that become movie actors, it's pretty random who sticks around and who doesn't with regards to films. For every Richard Pryor and Steve Martin and Robin Williams or Eddie Murphy, there's ones that have a few bright spots and then fade away, like Amy Schumer and Bobcat Goldthwait and Chris Rock and Russell Brand. Jessica Alba plays Cam. Now, Alba's career began as a teenager in the mid-1990s with a variety of TV show appearances. Her big break came in 2000 for the show Dark Angel, where she was the main character, Max. Film-wise, prior to Good Luck Chuck, she was in the film Honey, Sin City, the 2005 version of The Fantastic Four, where she played Sue Storm, and then its 2007 sequel. She was also in Into the Blue. Dan Fogler plays Stu. Now, Fogler is the epitome of a character actor, something that used to be a staple in Hollywood films. Fogler appeared in School for Scoundrels prior to Good Luck Chuck. His most notable film would later be in 2018 for Fantastic Beasts. I also enjoyed his character in Take Me Home Tonight, which is similar to his character Stu in Good Luck Chuck. We'll cover Take Me Home Tonight in a few weeks. He also played an uncle in The Goldbergs. The director, Mark Helfrich. This would be Helfrich's only film that he directed. And judging by <laughs> the ratings, well, you can see why. The majority of his career had been as a film editor, and some of his most notable work as an editor included Rambo First Blood Part Two, The Original Predator, Action Jackson, <laughs> Showgirls, Rush Hour, and Scary Movie. Okay, let's get into the making of the film. So, believe it or not, the film's premise is loosely based on screenwriter Steve Glenn, who said he had seven serious relationships in his life, and with five of them, almost immediately after he broke up with those women, they were engaged to another guy in like two to three months. 
Steve Glenn was friends with a producer named Mike Cars, who used this story as the impetus for Good Luck Chuck. Glenn has a cameo with the character Carol during the wedding scene where she catches the bouquet. Now, the original script was titled The Warm-Up Guy. Dane Cook had seen Jessica Alba in the MTV Music Awards before the casting of the film and knew after seeing her perform in that skit that she was the perfect actress to play the part of Cam because she had the comedy chops in addition to being beautiful to look at. Cook then contacted the director and pitched having Alba for this role. Okay, let's get into the film. So it opens with the Cars classic, you might think. The year is 1985 and a birthday party for a group of preteens. We then see a young version of Charlie at the party, and the kids are playing Spin the Bottle. Charlie's best friend, Stu, played by the young Troy Gentile, who eventually would become Barry on the Goldbergs when he grew up a little bit, he tries to tell Charlie about the bases you go for when with a girl. It's Charlie's turn, and he attempts to have the bottle spin to the girl he likes, but instead it lands on the goth girl, Anisha. staring, freaking me out. I'm looking at you because I like you, Charlie. It's okay. Come on, you can do what you want. That's okay. Kind of new at this. Let me see your penis. What's the matter? Don't you want me? Oh my God! That's my boy. It's probably blowjobbing her. Charlie, I've loved you since the third grade. Um, thank you. So you like to play hard to get. Oh, back off! I read in my mom's Cosmo. This is supposed to increase pleasure. Ow! Don't worry, this is my first time too. First time what? Killing? No, Charlie, making love. Logan, you are not my boyfriend anymore. I hex you. You what? I hex you. You will never be happy. Around you, love will fall like rain. You won't hold it. Your heart will pain. Once the girl has been with you, to the next she will be true. Is that Phil Collins? Did you thumb her? <laughs> Alrighty. So then we go to the present day. A grown-up Charlie, played by Dane Cook, is on the beach with an attractive blonde named Carol. Charlie is getting the old inside-the-park home run, <laughs> if you know what I mean. In the middle of this, Carol says that she loves Charlie, but he can't bring himself to say it back. 
Unfortunately for Charlie, he's now out at the plate, and Carol storms off. Seems that Charlie has no desire to get serious with anyone. I think that's it for the baseball euphemisms. We then see Charlie's childhood friend, Stu, played by Dan Fogler. And he tells Charlie he just needs to lie and says he loves these women. However, Charlie just can't bring himself to say the word. Stu is now a plastic surgeon, specializing in breast implants. Charlie is a dentist. Stu invites Charlie to a wedding because it's a great place to pick up women, of course. Charlie does end up meeting a very attractive woman named Cam, played by Jessica Alba. Are you okay? I'm all right. I didn't. I didn't mean to. Sorry about that. Jeez. Oh, you go. Thanks. Sure. Oh, there I am. Join us. So, what I miss? Uh, not much. Same old. Uh, I do. I do. You may kiss the bride. White cake with raspberry filling and uh, the doves being released. But the the doves <laughs> refuse to leave. I'm Cam. I went to college with the bride. I'm Charlie. I used to date the bride. Me too. Well, no, I mean, it was a one-time-only experimental thing, sophomore year. We were young and drunk. (laughs) Is this person being dipped in acid? (laughs) Waiter, can we have some chloroform for the singer? What are you going to sing? I'm thinking about doing a little Bon Jovi living on a prayer. Really? Mm -hmm. That's the one I was going to do. Oh, really? No. (laughs) (laughs) So, Cam, what do you do? I run the penguin habitat at Aqua World. (laughs) Seriously, what do you do? Seriously? I'm a serial killer. My passion is killing people I meet at weddings. What do you do? FBI. You're under arrest. (laughs) Your run is over, Miss... Wexler, if that's your real name. (laughs) Actually, I am a dentist. You're a dentist? You'll love me. Perfect teeth, no cavities. Want to see? Two wishes. Stu, Cam, Cam, Stu. Hi. Hi. It's actually Dr. Stu. I'm a reconstructive surgeon. If anyone has an accident that was born with a deformity, I'm there to help. And by deformity, he means small breasts. Ow. <laughs> He's just jealous because he has to clean plaque all day long while I'm out making the world a better place. Cam, you will not believe this doofus that just tried to pick me up. Oh, hi. Hi. Again. Yeah. I gotta go. Nice to meet you. Tits and teeth. I don't think she was into me. (laughs) So at the end of the last clip, it was a sight gag as the bride's bouquet that was thrown off of the balcony, well, it hit a bird, killing it, and the carcass landed on a little girl's plate, while the bouquet landed in the arms of Charlie's ex-girlfriend, Carol, who was nowhere near the group of single women waiting to catch a bouquet. Also from the last clip, 
Cam is quick-witted, but a complete klutz. The next morning, Charlie shows up to his office, and all the patients are waiting to see him, and they're all attractive women. When Charlie and Stu leave the office for lunch, they pass by a bridal boutique, and Carol is in the window trying on her wedding dress. Carol says that Charlie is really a lucky charm. When Charlie arrives home that night, he has 14 messages on his answering machine from women he's never even met who want to go out with him. Oh, and one gentleman called as well. (laughs) We then go to the aquatic park where we see Cam feeding the penguins in the park. While Cam is a scientist, her brother Joe, played by Lonnie Ross, also works at the park, and he's simply a burnout stoner who only has the gig because of Cam. Up, Shadow. Last chance before bedtime. Good boy. Grumpy, don't be a pig. Don't be a pig. That's jesters. There you go. Good boy. Here, Dougie. Gobble it up. Come here, Tina. Grumpy, you're such a pig. Joe, hurry up. I want to go home. Did you get lost back there? Sorry. Just taking five. Hits from my bong. You know, if they catch you with weed, you're gonna get fired. They don't care that you're my brother. Oh, take a chillaxative. How is anybody gonna know? Maybe because you smell like you've been bathing in bong water. Sweet. And what's that in your pocket? I was looking for this. Three months. Hey, Scully. And you think I look wasted? Okay. I think I chipped a tooth. The next night, Charlie goes on a blind date, and we find out what's really going on with all of these unsolicited date offers he's receiving. The good luck charm tag on Charlie is that if a woman has sex with him, she will find her true love right after. Word has spread after Katie's wedding and Carol's engagement. It's great to finally meet you. Let me get that. Oh, thank you. Sure. Right. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Don't you want to uh... What? Oh, okay. I don't know. Dinner first. Is that how this works? Yeah. How what works? The thing. The thing. The magic. The charm. Seriously, I'm certainly not. I'm doing this on a lark. 
and you won't be taking advantage of me. Do you know how many loser boyfriends I have had? Do you know how many times I have given myself body, mind, soul, hoping that this was it, this was the one, only to find out he was just another asshole? Look, if there's a chance, I mean even a point zero 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 one percent chance that you're the key, that being with you could open the door to something better, well, I think I'd be taking advantage of you. Do you want to have sex before or after dinner? Actually, I have dinner plans. Can I get that? My words too long. Oh, congratulations. I'm sexy. Dr. Logan speaking. Hey, it's Cam Wexler. Remember from the wedding? The serial killer? Yeah, yeah, hi. I'm sorry to bother you, but I have a bit of a dental emergency. You know, you don't have to make up stories, Cam. If you want to see me, all you have to do is ask. No, seriously. I chipped a tooth, and it's Saturday night, and I don't know who else to call. You chipped a tooth? How? I slipped while having a fish fight, slid down the ice ramp, got tackled by a penguin, and fell face first into a fake ice boulder. Charlie is eager to see Cam again and heads to his office to fix her tooth. He fixes her tooth free of charge, and in Cam's clumsy way, trips and hits a tray of sharp dental tools which fly in the air and stab Charlie in the back. Cam, of course, is super embarrassed and remorseful, but Charlie is fine. He asks her out on a date, but she says she can't, but doesn't give a reason. Thank you. I'm sorry about the top and the uh, nerve damage in the back and the whole electrocution thing. And I, I'd still like to pay for the tooth. I told you, buy me dinner, lunch, vending machine, <laughs> drinks, water. I'm easy. I'm just. Not emotionally available at this time. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm looking for more of a physical relationship anyway. So I've heard. I was, I was kidding. That was a that was a joke. That was a stupid joke. Okay. I, I get it. So no way then. I'm sorry. Good night, Dr. Logan. Trying to get out of her car, Cam gets her skirt caught in the door and she's left standing embarrassingly in just her underwear. Though, of course, with her figure, she has nothing to be embarrassed by. Dejected, Charlie goes back home and gets another surprise. Hi, Dr. Charlie. Reba, what, what the hell are you Sorry. doing here? I didn't mean to scare you. I used the key you left me in case of emergencies. What's the emergency? I know about the charm. Not you two. Somebody posted about you on perfectmatch.com. It's an internet dating site. Yeah, I know what it is. This is out of control. These stories are just coincidence. That's what I thought. But then I went to urbanlegends.com and nobody's disproved it. 
Reba, I'll see you at work on Monday. Good night. Dr. Logan, you've always been there for me. When you need a day off, yes. When you need a lift home from work, yes. When Reggie died four years ago, you sent that beautiful card. Do you remember what you wrote? If there's anything I can do, please let me know. Yeah, but uh, well, I'm letting you know. That's not what I had in mind. These panties are edible, but I'd avoid the tush area as I've been sitting for about three hours. Reba, I'm not the guy for you. I'm not saying you are, but the next guy might be. Dr. Charlie, if we're together, I know I'll find my soulmate. <laughs> That's ridiculous. No. No, Reba, don't cry. It's okay. Ah! Come on, You gotta get this, Reba. Please, Reba Charlie. Don't worry. I'll do everything. Please, just close your eyes and imagine somebody beautiful. I'll imagine you. Charlie then makes a mistake of telling Stu about his magical powers the next day playing Frisbee in the park. You see, that is the kind of tail you should be chasing. <sighs> Suck a fart out of her ass and hold it like a bong hit. Just... <clears throat> nice stop, kid. Way to be. Dude. These chicks, they think that you're like a lucky charm, man. I mean, you poke the poon, she marries the next guy she dates after you. It's not true. Who cares if it's true? Wake up, man. You got it made. What is it that all women want? To get married. Raise crib midgets. And apparently, buddy, you got the ticket to the big show. Do you know what this means? Trim. You're going to be seeing Trim like Tommy Lee. Like Colin Farrell, like Ellen DeGeneres, just... Have you considered the possibility the reason you have been laid in the last decade has something to do with your routine use of the word trim? Yeah, seven days a week, 56 weeks a year, trim! That's my bad. Where's your manner, shithead? What did you say to me? We'll help here, honey. You and I are different, okay? Besides the fact that I'm not retarded, I don't want to take advantage. Dude. Yeah. Was Martin Luther King Jr. taking advantage when he said that thing in that place? I don't think so. Was Gandhi taking advantage when, when he was doing his thing? No. And don't tell me that Gandhi didn't score some sweet-ass Native American trim. Gandhi was Indian. You don't have to be called that. <sighs> Dude, I thought you wanted to feel love. I do. So stop dipping your foot in the pool and dive the fuck in. And think about this, man. You'd be providing a much needed public service. You'd be helping women find love. And don't come bitching to me. You haven't found Miss Wright yet. If you got women lining up for the position and you're turning your back on them. I guess. I did it for the right reasons. 
Whatever helps you sleep at night, biznack. This leads to a somewhat X-rated but hilarious montage of Charlie making the world a better place by having sex with as many women as he can in the most insane positions. Think Cirque du Soleil naked, which is basically what Karma Sutra is. In any case, all the women end up engaged soon after their tryst with Charlie. However, the initial fun of non-stop women eventually loses its luster when it turns into a routine job and many of the women simply aren't into Charlie at all. They just want to do the deed to quickly move on to their happy future. Charlie now isn't satisfied at all with the arrangement. He's actually hung up on Cam and wants to have a regular relationship with a woman that truly likes him. So, Charlie visits Cam at the aquatic park. I don't buy the whole I'm not emotionally available thing. Are you dying? Is that why you don't want to get involved with me? Because you don't want to hurt me? Then you die. No, I'm not dying. Oh, I'm not dying either. So what is it then? Am I not your type? Because I can take it if it's that. I think you should go. No, I think I should stay because I paid $38 to see you today. And I'm not leaving until you pay me my money back. Is this the dude? No, Joe. Have you been talking about me? Why aren't you wearing a shirt? Huh? Has she been talking about me? Yeah. No. You're the dentist. I am the dude! No, I mentioned you in passing. I said you were funny. And you said he was... And I said you were charming and good-looking and you have a nice smile. Oh, I would not go out with me either. Excuse me, miss. How come the mommy penguin doesn't bring back food for the daddy penguin? Because the daddy penguin doesn't need any food, sweetie. I have another question. Mm-hmm. Why would you go out with Charlie? She'd love to. Joe, you're my brother. Why are you taking his side? Because I know how long it's been. Another word? I hide your stash. <sighs> go put a shirt on. Look, how about this? Why don't you eat and I'll just digest my own lard? <laughs> Look. I know three women you've gone out with, and I'm just not into dating as a sport. Uh, wait, you said if anybody had any questions? No, I'm not going out with you! That's not my question. That was a little girl's question. I have a new question. And mine is, what is that penguin? Right there. That's a Gen 2. One of several species of penguin that is completely monogamous. I hope that answers your question. Oh, and penguins are unique in that mate selection is up to the female. Much like our relationship. Why do you want to take me to dinner so badly? You look hungry. Seriously. Seriously? Yeah. Because you remind me of these penguins. Yes, they're kind of awkward and goofy. Yet in the water, they're so beautiful. Okay, what? Okay, dinner. Will you put that in writing? <laughs> Don't push it. But only as friends. That night, Charlie and Cam go out on their date as only friends. I thought we were going to ask each other personal questions. Isn't that the uh, point of 100 questions? Is that your question? No. My question is, why penguins? Why? White teeth. <laughs> Same as every other dentist. Couldn't get into med school. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, my parents didn't think so. So really, quite penguins. Couldn't get into shark school. <laughs> I don't know. Lots of reasons. For one, you can't help but smile when you see a penguin. 
Yeah, plus they have that badass tuxedo embedded in their flesh. I know, they're just so cute. I just, I just love them so much. I just love, love, love them. I even go to Antarctica for research. Oh, it's so beautiful there. You know, they have once a year sunsets. You haven't seen beauty until you've seen that. Oh, I don't know about that. And the penguin rituals are just fascinating. Okay, now by rituals, do you mean like eating their own poop? <laughs> no. Like when a male is sweet on a female, he searches the entire beach to find the perfect pebble to present to her. When he finally finds it, he waddles over and presents the stone by placing it at her feet. If she accepts, they'll be lifelong mates. It's kind of like an engagement ring. Yeah, it's unbelievable to watch. I have a feeling that you are a very good kisser. And I know this because I spent an hour and a half inside your mouth and I scoped it out. What makes you think I'll be kissing you, huh? Oh. All right. Ow, ow. Oh. Ow. You okay? probably guess where the plot is headed charlie will not try to sleep with cam for a few reasons one he believes in this supposed charm or curse he has and he doesn't want to lose cam and he really does like her and he wants to prove himself to her you really want to do this i mean you really want to take us further Emergency no, line. No. <laughs> I gotta get it. I'll be fast. I'll be fast. I'll be fast. Dr. Logan speaking. Dude! <clears throat> Is this an emergency? You're gonna wanna hear this, man. Well, I am rather busy right now. Good night. Whoa, whoa, whoa. did you bone her yet? Look, unless this is an emergency, call my office in the morning. Fine. You want to lose her forever, you hang up the phone right now. This is going to be the best night of your life. Are you still there? Chuck, are you there? What are you talking about? Dude, it's that charm thing. It turns out it's real. No, that's not true because you, you told me yourself. Now I believe. I started calling all your exes. They're married. Not just some, all. A to Z on your palm pilot, man. Susan, the Gretzky, the genie, Zyder, every single one you closed the deal with. And did you see this month's high school newsletter? Sarah McDowell. What, the girl who lost my virginity to? Did you see who she wound up marrying? Tony Lamberto, that douchebag she dumped you for. You know what this means, don't you? You shake the sheets with Cam, she's gonna marry the next guy she dates. I gotta go. I gotta go. I, 
dental emergency. Freak accident. Children, they thought it was gumballs. <coughs> Ball bearings. And it just fucked up their shit. Uh, you look great. I had a good time. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go! In order to find out if the curse is real, Charlie decides he must seduce and sleep with the most repulsive woman he can find. And her name is Eleanor. Oofa. Considering doing this. If you believe it and everyone else believes it, what else can I do? Anything but this. I gotta be sure. I've gotta put the curse to the test. Where is she? She's beached over there by the giant garbage bag full of donut holes. Eleanor Skeppel. She's angry, rude. And she smells bad. In addition to back acne, she's got front acne and side acne. You see that glass of water there? She keeps her teeth in that glass. So you're saying that she's single? She's your best bet, man. You sink the soldier all you want. This chick ain't never getting married. If she was the last woman on the face of the earth, humanity would come to a screeching halt. No, my name's Charlie. I'm sorry, I was, I was just wondering if, um, if I could take you out tonight. How does that, how does that sound? You want me to elaborate? No, I catch your drift. I'm sorry to have bothered you. Pay you $100 to go out with me tonight. $200. Make me happy. So $1,000 and all you have to do is take me to dinner? <clears throat> well, I actually thought that maybe we could, you know, we, you and I could, uh, Get physical. Hmm. All right. I'm gonna fuck you till you die. <laughs> 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 Now, the casting for Eleanor wasn't easy. Not that there weren't women auditioning for this role, but they weren't large enough for what the role called for. So the director, Mark Helfrich, was getting, you know, 250 to 300 pound auditions, but he wanted close to 500 pounds. Finally, Jody Stewart heard about the script and never had acted before and saw an advertisement on MySpace. Yes, that long ago. She thought it was funny and sent in an audition tape. And you can actually see that audition tape in the special features of the DVD, and it's just as funny, if not funnier, than what ended up being in the film. And you get to see how much the makeup folks did to Jody, and you really appreciate the talent of the makeup department. <laughs> so also, at the end of the last scene from that clip, Charlie is furiously scrubbing himself in the shower with dental disinfectant. <laughs> 
Plus, Charlie downing shots of alcohol at the dinner is pretty priceless. In the meantime, Cam has no idea why Charlie left so suddenly and hasn't called her. Charlie does finally call and says he's been sick and that he'd like to talk to her on the phone and or online through chat. And this makes Cam happy as she was second-guessing herself for making the moves on Charlie. So it's happy montage time. Charlie gets stewed to find out if Eleanor has had another date since Charlie. Until then, the phone dates continue with Cam. Does your phone receive pictures? Yeah, why? Sending. Sending? What are you sending to me? I got it. I'm done for the night. Thank you. Oh, God. Hold up one second. Stu, what's up? The deed is done. I went out with Eleanor Skeppel. I'm not proposing to her. So you're in the clear. Are you there? Chuck? I feel better. To sign a waiver or something, you know, for internet purposes. You really want to talk right now? Oh, those are nice. Oh, God bless you. You pushed me. Sorry, it's been a while. I can see I'm gonna have to wear protection. By the way, during the crazy makeout scenes, Dane Cook and Jessica Alba actually chipped each other's tooth from banging against the wall. So finally, Charlie can be happy, right? He's finally met the woman he loves, and they can live happily ever after. Well, not so fast. Charlie finds out that Eleanor found a guy and is engaged, which meant that Stu didn't actually sleep with her after all. The curse hasn't been broken, and Chuck believes he's going to lose Cam. All right, there's about 30 minutes left. What will Charlie do? Will he be able to stay with Cam, or will the curse never end? You can probably guess the outcome, but the ride getting there is, well, all over the place. Now look, I've always enjoyed raunchy comedies that are now considered passe, sadly. So enjoy the last beacon of these types of films, better or worse, uh, because they're a relic of the past. Some say that might be a good thing, but ah, whatever. Now there is an alternate ending on the DVD, which I actually think is funnier and better than the regular ending. So you can check it out if you're interested. All right, some fun facts. Dane Cook joked in the DVD commentary that he's finally in the type of movie that he would search for as a teenager on late night cable, meaning plenty of topless scenes. That's right, kids. Pre-internet, it took some effort to find some nudity. So Dane Cook can be seen wearing a Super Club baseball cap while playing Frisbee in the park. Now, Super Club was the fictional wholesale store that Dane Cook worked for in the movie Employee of the Month. Jennifer Love Hewitt was offered the role of Cam Wexler but turned it down because of scheduling conflicts. Jennifer Lopez was also considered for the role of Cam. There were altogether 21 African penguins in the film. Five of them were trained and would actually let people touch them. 
Dan Fogler and Troy Gentile played the same character at different times, and later they were in the Goldbergs playing uncle and nephew. All right, as I mentioned, Lindsay does talk about this film. It's amazing she's even talking to me after watching this film. But she did talk to me right after watching, and I get her fresh take at the time about, um, I think what the quote was, this film is exhausting. <laughs> so, Lindsay's a good sport. She watched it. We'll never watch it again. Spoiler alert. And uh, enjoy what Lindsay thinks about Good Luck Chuck. And look, I'll be back next week with another random movie. I'm sure it's going to be better from my DVD collection. Okay, welcome back. I just showed Good Luck Chuck to Lindsay. And she no longer likes me. <laughs> See, she's laughing now, but I, she... Because this, it's uh, close. Well... <laughs> It's a, it's, it's, it's threatening our relationship. <laughs> she's la- well, I gotta tell you, she's laughing more now than any time in that movie. This is true. Okay. This is true. All right. Is it safe to say this is the worst movie you've ever seen, or have you seen worse movies? I mean, the worst is pretty severe, but this is close to the bottom of the barrel. I mean, it was. Every terrible, <laughs> cliched, gratuitous, exhausting. The word I would use to describe this film is exhausting. <laughs> Was there anything about the movie you liked? I liked the comedian at the airport at the end. He seemed funny. Where he was like playing a TSA agent. That, yeah, that yeah. moment creates one moment of humor. Johnny Kelly, I think is his name. Yeah, that is Robert Kelly. Robert okay. Kelly. Yeah. Um, I think you liked uh, Jessica Alba's brother in the film. Yeah, the brother was like Joe, oddly, yeah. and I'm not even into stoner Stunner. films yeah. or whatever. I won't show you Cheech and Chong then. For some reason, he was the one character that I'm like, wow, somehow he doesn't bother me. Okay, so you you did the movie Dirty Work, and you're like, Dirty Work just shits all over this film. You like, uh, oh yeah, dir- no, Dirty Work would be better than this. That's like, what I'm saying. I would rather watch Dirty Work than yeah. this one. Yeah, right. for sure. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with Dirty Work. <laughs> like that was struggle bus for me. But this one's worse. So in the middle of the film, you're like, so nobody wanted to do this film? This yeah, is I was had. like, how did I get this one? <laughs> like, what happened? And then Brian proceeded to tell me that no person on his list wanted to watch it. So I felt honored that I <laughs> got stuck with Good Luck Chuck because I guess I'm harder to like and get rid of or right. easier to foist this upon. Though about... I don't know, a third of the way through, I kind of turned to her and I'm like, you don't like me anymore, do you? <laughs> She's like, ah. He's lucky he's charming. Uh, yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm, I'm more charming than Charlie Logan? Uh, yes, I would yeah. say that. Um, it, you know, I don't dislike Dane Cook in any respect. Yeah. I've seen him in some things that are fairly good mm-hmm. and have enjoyed him in other films. Um, Did you ever see he, Mr. Brooks? No. Okay. But he also was on a TV show, right, that was fairly successful. I'm forgetting the name of it. I don't it, know. I, I always liked his stand-up. Anyway, I Some liked people, him. Yeah. I like him and liked him and mm-hmm. don't have a problem with him. I even think the concept of the film is funny. Okay. This idea that, like, you know, 
if you're if you become romantically entangled with Chuck, then the very next guy you meet is yeah. like the one. Right. And it's kind of humorous, but just everything about how they did it was exhausting. That's the only word I can come up with. Like the slapstick comedy. Like again, just Jessica Alba's character is I mean, it's too much. It's it's over the top, but not in a funny way, in an exhaustive way. She wasn't way. meant to play a slapstick type of like, role. Like I feel again, it's like what what Ebert said in his yeah. Roger Ebert said in his review that you read to me right yeah. before we started recording this. I mean, I feel bad she got sandwiched between this nightmare, you know, <laughs> and uh, and not normally something I would you know see her uh, getting wrapped up in, but. Um, it was just kind of exhausting. I, I'll say that word a thousand times exhausting. because that's how I felt about it. So I take it you don't ever want to watch this movie again? I would not. I would not. I would not uh, watch this one again. Okay. Can you name a film worse than this that you've seen? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Because I can. You you can wear a film worse than this? Well, a music video. Oh, gosh. Okay. So on our third date, oh, God. there's a band called Fever Ray. It's not a band. It's a person. Okay. Whatever. It's an <laughs> what, individual. Okay. What is the what is the name of the video you showed me? I love Fever Ray. It's as much what music is the name? as performance art. <laughs> Let's set the context Quote, there. unquote, art. And yes, I like some avant-garde electronica uh-huh. not edm just kind of electronica and fever ray released a brand new album this year called radical romantics take a yeah go take a look at the album cover and it'll, it'll haunt ray your dreams definitely has characters and such that are in parts of you know the throughout the music in the videos, et cetera, et cetera. Many musicians, talented musicians do this. You can tell I'm defending this. What? And the first single that was released from that album was a song called Candy. Mm-hmm. And it had a video that I admit I saw the video and went, whoa, this is this is going to stick with me. And then... And then she's like, I, I should show Brian this. Here, Brian, you watch it. Yeah. And yeah, um... It'll it'll haunt your nightmares, that's for sure. Yeah. I think that's putting it mildly. It's just got a very strong creep factor to it. But I adore Fever Ray, and I adore everything they do. So I know it's weird um, to some, but I loved it. So I guess I have to look at Good Luck Chuck. Like, it drove me insane, and I didn't care for it. But it's something that Brian likes enough to have in his collection. and So I can like Fever Ray, and I guess... He can like this movie, and we will just we're just fine. With and that. it only took me three months to get you back for the Fever Ray video. That's true. I do feel like Good Luck Chuck was a bit of punishment, and especially because none of your other people wanted to watch this. Well, you couldn't get anyone to, else to watch this. Either they hadn't seen it, or they were just like, "Now nah, pass." <laughs> <laughs> I love how I got the sloppy seconds. It's not even seconds. It's, it's six, like way seven, further yeah. down the line. But again, I compare it to the candy video from Fever Ray. I think Good Luck Chuck's more enjoyable for me. Yeah. For you. And that's okay. I am a person who can sit here and say, good. I'm so glad you own it. I'm not watching it with you again, but I'm so glad that you have it. <laughs> so I have, to watch, it I have to watch this in shame. Like, 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 yes. Oh, oh, quick, turn it off. Yes. She's home. <laughs> Go into your office, close the door. 
<laughs> and I'll see you in 90 minutes, which you keep pointing out. Say, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> so, is the selling point of the film is the, but it's only 90 minutes. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's 90 minutes. Um, well, you actually, I'm pretty sure that's what you said to me with the, it's only four minutes. I probably did. Yeah. And, well, by, and by the way, I think we're going to go see them live, so. Yeah, well, we'll see if I can convince you to well, go. We'll see if I make it out alive. I yeah. don't, you know. Yeah. Again, not, I guess, the moral of the story is not everything is for everyone. That, and that is has right. to be okay. And you just let people like what they like because that's how the world works. Yeah. Everyone has different tastes. Everyone likes different things. And and that's what makes the world awesome. Seriously. And that's what made this episode enjoyable because for once I got someone that absolutely hated a movie You've I did. You've never had anybody that hated a film before that you talked to? For the actual... Like interview? Not usually, because usually, like, you know. Well, that's because you saved all the crap for me. You <laughs> gave everyone else good stuff, and you gave me the garbage. Well, usually I'm picking films that I enjoy, at least, you know, again. What do you enjoy about this film? I'm turning, the, now I'm turning the table. No, it's I, fine. The interviewee becomes no, the interviewer. That's fair, because well, you, you are like a journalist. But... about this film, Brian? Okay, so, one, I wouldn't say I, I, I'm a diehard Dane Cook fan like you are for Fever Ray, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy Dane Cook. I liked his comedy before he became an and actor. And I like him too. That's okay. fair. Um, so I saw this, and again, it's just it's silly. It's ridiculous. There's some unpeaceiness about it that I appreciate still today. I didn't. Ne- if you listen to what I said before I got to this interview portion, I'm not saying this is a good film. I have a lot of shit movies in my catalog, but. I would watch this because it's just, it's silly. I'll put it on. It doesn't bother me that it's ridiculous or dumb or it's exhausting. It's just mindless entertainment. For example, there, we did a one and done uh, episode, movies that are one and done. A lot of them are tough to watch movies. Like, for example, Schindler's List is a work of art, but I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah, I ever. That. Now, there's only one scenario where can I say compare Good Luck Chuck to Schindler's List, and this <laughs> I is it. Wait. I could watch Schindler, I could watch Good Luck Chuck again and be completely entertained. It's not going to ruin my day. Where Schindler's List might ruin my day. I mean, look, I get that, so I, I can't say I, I can't relate to that because right. honestly, that's how I love Darren Aronofsky, but and I watch all. You're going to go films, watch the. But that's yeah. how I feel about Requiem for a Exactly. Dream. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing film. Mm-hmm. It, I, I have to recommend it because it's so good, but I'll never watch it again no. because it's very painful. And it's very, very hard to watch. That's and right. The ending scene of the film is probably one of the most difficult ones I've watched in film. Sure. And um, I get it. I, I totally get the idea that there are some films that are remarkable that are you almost for various reasons, can't see again. Sure. And then there are some that just kind of pass the time or or give you kind of mm-hmm. momentary enjoyment. I don't know. I, I guess I wanted this to be funny. And I, like I said, I don't even think that the concept is terrible. I like Dane Cook. I mean, Jessica Alba is, is great. I just, I don't know. Everything about it didn't work for me. Even no, that's down fine. to Stu, the yeah. best friend. Who, who was he played by? Dan Fogler. Okay. Again, a funny guy, but like... I know he was just like Too the raunchy. grossest yeah. friend ever. Well, again, I mean, if you're this was a movie for guys, obviously. Well, there's a lot of boobs. I yeah. mean, 
It harkened back to the 80s. It's, it did have a lot of, like, 80s-esque yeah. gratuitousness yeah. to it, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's not even why I didn't like no, it. No, I know that. I mean, I can understand why some women will watch this and, like, that would be the problem. And I would respect them for thinking sure. that was the problem and, like, say, oh, I get it. Like, I get it. I yeah. get why you think that. But you could I watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High and like it. Yeah, I guess that holds different cachet for yeah. me than this. And also, we're talking about the very early 1980s versus yeah. 2007, <laughs> which by then I would have hoped, you know, some of yeah. this might have been purged from no. from film. But again, it just, for me, it, it's not even the gratuitous nudity and sex in it. And there's plenty of that. So um, people may want to watch it just for that. But I, I feel we're like... Gonna the, go- Everything about it just didn't work for me. Sure. We're going to go down a rabbit hole here. Part of the reason in the 80s you would get gratuitous topless scenes was there was no internet. Meaning, you can pretty much go on any website and get whatever you want today. <laughs> Back in the 80s, you really had to hunt for... You had for, to take your, your free, your, where, exactly. free looks where you could in, get In 2007, them. the internet's full on. Like There was no need for, oh, yeah. for movies like this. But, again, it, I think this was pretty much for teenagers and uh, college mean, guys. Like, College age. I'm sure you've probably reviewed American Pie before, right? I own them, but I haven't yeah, gone there okay. yet. Okay, that's it. But I, mean, I guess that's, that's a smarter. It's a see, yeah. and that's the thing. Yeah. Am I in love with that film? Maybe no, but do I think it's a much smarter comedy that I would say, like, you know what, that one absolutely has redeeming qualities. Things yeah. that are funny and things that um, are oddly timeless for what it was. Yeah. Like, sure, I could say that about that movie, mm-hmm. even though I don't think that one's getting an Oscar either. Well, but, no, but I could certainly not. say, okay, there you go. That one has got... And it kind of relaunched know, the career of Eugene Levy. It and, sure did, yeah, and yeah. he's amazing, and look and what Stifler's he's done now. Mom. The term MILF came from that. Came from, <laughs> I guess that movie really did elevate certain people yeah. and certain concepts. And again, I'm mentioning it in the vein of... It's the sex that comedy, is, yeah. A smarter version of this. Oh, yeah. A much smarter version, which I would more highly recommend someone go check that one out if they yeah. haven't seen it. And obviously, some someday in the next 40 years, you will review it. Um, <laughs> it's like, Brian, gosh, he's going to be... He's going to be the crypt keeper before I'm, he finishes his This selection. may have been where, you know, again, I go to... I go to bargain bin places and this could have been two dollars i'm like you don't remember no no I, i'm like this eh, two bucks okay it's two buck chuck yeah that's that's about um yeah. a, as if it's a good comparison so yeah. anyway I, I don't know anyone else is putting together an hour interview or an hour uh, podcast around good luck chuck so i, I again yeah. you, you'll be I'm, the one and only i am not you should a, get some good downloads on this well we'll see i <laughs> I'm not a film snob. That's one thing I'm not. And I'm actually not either. I know you're. I know. So just for the for the record, because people don't hear me as much, of course, as they hear you, because you've mm-hmm. had this podcast for years and years and years, it's super consistent. I'm not either. I'm really not a film snob. It's just this one <laughs> didn't didn't hit on any cylinder. Which like, is fine. It just every single thing was flat to me. Yeah. Like it. Unfortunately, like just everything, even. Even did you in, even like the beginning with the the kids? That that what you know what you asked me before about funnier parts. Yeah. I would say that I I should have mentioned. And I just that. went downhill after that. Yeah, I should have mentioned that because that was oddly funny, and it's sort of a scene where there's like you know young kids that are probably early teens, maybe yeah. are playing a game of spin the bottle, which you know is kind of an old construct at this <laughs> point. 
Um, but there's a scene where Chuck, when he's a youngster, and then another woman who supposedly is the woman that turns him into good luck Chuck mm-hmm. end up in that closet and the, the scene there is is pretty uh <laughs> is pretty hilarious let's just say the uh the, the, girl, the female the uh yeah was pretty aggressive in this situation and Chuck was a little uh taken aback and and uh, not exactly vibing the situation but it um yeah, that that kind of produced a few bits of of humor. Um but I could very much see, I mean, where like today, even though that film is not quite like 20 years old. That's like 15, 16. I could see where that it, some of those scenes like I don't see that scene getting made again. Probably not. I don't think it I don't think a modern film would be comfortable recreating that, yeah. honestly, just based on, I mean, I'm not going to tell everybody everything, but yeah. I, and you know what, in a way I get it. I mean, but there's some humor to it and yeah. and there's some, I think if you're a child maybe of the 80s and You'll appreciate it more. you, it may seem like this is, oh yeah, I re- you know, remember and obviously the scene is so exhaustively exaggerated that, that, that no one's going to remember that, but the, that specific thing happening, but... Yeah, I don't even know if a scene like that would get made today. I really don't think so. Well, Lindsay, it was great having you on the podcast, and uh, this may be your last episode. <laughs> says you or says me? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Well, it's always good to be on. I mean, again, like let let uh, listeners decide for themselves. I always this do. This is always about that, and I know you do that. So uh, I, I would give everyone the same freedom uh to to check out the film if you're interested it just sadly for me like this one was this one was the roughest that i've seen uh in the time i've been interviewing with you i'm a man of the people i just put it out there if they like it (laughs) great if they don't hey whatever don't blame me i didn't make the movie (laughs) you did not make the movie you did not make the movie i did not hold you i didn't put it in the bargain bin for me to buy no we'll we'll assume that that's what happened that's what happened i did not pay full we don't have evidence to the contrary no i don't keep all my receipts well again thank you Lindsay. well i think you're welcome but uh (laughs) thanks for having me If you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video and San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week and closed on Wednesday, and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain Captain Video. Video. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.